0: Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Adam Rosen on the line. Adam, how are you? Doing great, Michael. I appreciate you having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So, for those that don't know you, uh, why don't you share a little bit about you and then we'll dive into the conversation.
1: So, I, I never held a, a real job coming out of college. I, I started my first company about three weeks before graduating. It took me on a, a five year roller coaster. I ended up selling the company over in 2019. One of the things that I always want to share, though, because I feel like one of the biggest, one of my uh, biggest pet peeves with the startup world is how over glamorized it is. So one of the things I always say when I sold my company, it was not a glamorous exit that we all dream of. It was an exit of hey, let's move on, let's get this, let allow the company to continue growing and build and so on and so forth. So I always want to add that as a disclaimer. So anyway, I sold the company in 2019, moved out to Hawaii Uh, for the next few years. I did a mixture of buying and selling real estate developments, uh, working with startups and small businesses, and uh, now a little less than two years ago. I started my current company, which is called Email Outreach Company. And it was all founded because one of the tech startups I was advising said, hey, I'm struggling to get meetings on the books. Can you help me? And uh, I called up my business partner. I said, hey, I think we can help these guys out. And fast forward to, uh, again, almost two years later, uh, we have 21 customers and growing and I uh, travel the world as I do it.
0: It's an awesome story. And thank you for sharing the non-glamorous part of being an entrepreneur because everybody thinks it's great at these X number dollar exits and life is all candy and sweet and you know living on a cloud kind of thing. And sometimes it's bumpy. And I joke with people that are not entrepreneurs and they're you know working a normal job and they say, yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur. It's like, okay, so you're trading your nine to five to the six to midnight. Okay. You're aware of that, right? And, and they go, what? And and But then they tell me, hey, you're the burnout guy. You tell us not to do that. I said, I I tell you not to do that. But sometimes that's what's required. If you got to deliver something or you're building something, yeah, there's going to be sometimes. You just don't want it to be all the time. But when you exited, and obviously 2019, interesting year to exit because we kind of know what transpired after that. Uh, I think the work that you're doing now, uh, especially with the email side of things, because so many businesses were doing the online growth and a lot of businesses that weren't in online space, which was still kind of surprising. It's like, well, I thought everybody was. Well, we found out during the pandemic, so many companies weren't. So the fact that they were you know, looking to get your services and guidance on, okay, how do I get people to actually do something with the email I sent is a very important um, tool for people to have.
1: Absolutely, for for me with my tech startup, like we raised a little bit of money, but we were not some super well funded startup. We did not. Ha- I, I started the company coming out of college. We did not have uh, connections in the space that were willing to write us a check because hey, they know us and let's let's do something together. So we were forced to get scrappy. So we one of the things that we did exceptionally well with my tech startup was we were always good at getting new business. And for for reference, we had a campus recruiting startup, so we built a platform of about 100,000 student organizations at colleges all across the country. And then our customers were the B of A's of the world, Amazon, Apple, MasterCard, those types of companies. And how we got just about every single customer, including how we got our student clubs to sign up, was through cold email. So we were forced to learn how to leverage cold email. And I see it to this day, but I've been seeing There's this huge gap and this huge kind of hidden X factor that really any company can leverage. We typically work with B2B companies. If you're B2B, you need to be leveraging cold email, but it can work for just about any company. But for most people, it ain't going to work. For most people, email will not work. We ignore 111 out of the 121 emails we get every single day. So it's not like we could just build an email list. Write an email, press send, wait back, and the money's going to flow in. That's not how it works. So you got to do it right, and it's an art that I've been learning now for the past eight years or so.
0: Yeah, it's definitely an art form, and it, it's funny because you know the emails that I send out. You know, I see certain percentages of you know open rates and and whatnot, and it, a lot of times it just depends on what's going on in the world, the time of day you send it. And what's going on in the world of the person that's receiving it? Because sometimes you'll have people that will you know, engage every email. You, know, you love those people, uh, especially if they buy from you. And there's others that you know, never really open anything. But then out of the blue, they reach out to you and say, yep, been getting your emails. They've never opened up a single one of them. But they, they say, yeah, I want to work with you. Okay, cool. You know, so it's, it, it's, it's definitely an art form. Uh, and, you know, what are, and, you know, we talked a little bit about this in the pre-show, but what are some of the things that you're seeing now? Cause you've been in this, you know, world for quite a long time. Now, what are some of the things you're seeing right now at the time of this recording where organizations could, you know, really strengthen their cold email, um, their presence because I agree with you. You know, it's, it's definitely something you have to have as part of how you run business. But, you know, what are some of the things you're noticing as far as trends in the industry?
1: I'll get to the trends in, in a second, but I, I want to highlight something that you said that I, I, I think is really, really smart. It's something that my co founder and I talk about a lot. We talked about, we had this exact conversation yesterday with one of our customers about it, but it's about being timely. You know, like when we're doing marketing, let's say, let's say I have a billboard, right? People drive by the billboard. There might be people that are like, oh, it's a really nice billboard. There might be other people that are giving that billboard the middle finger and they're like, I hate that billboard. It's the worst billboard ever. But we don't get that feedback because no one's you know emailing us or letting us know that we don't like that billboard. Even on most Facebook ads, Instagram ads, you name it, it's like we might hear it or see it, but most people aren't necessarily commenting on it. With email, you have no idea what type of day they're having. They might have had the best news ever, and they're really excited, and they're going to email you back, and let's set up a meeting. Or maybe they are having the worst day ever. Their boss said something to them. Maybe their husband or wife is is, uh, is nagging them all day. Maybe they're feeling sick. Who knows what happens? And maybe they see you as an outlaw. I just want to take something out on you and write an nasty email back to you. But so much of it is about being timely. And you have no idea what person A through Z, what kind of days they're having. So it's not like there's a formula that says, hey, I think this person is going to be having a good day at this exact time, email them. But one of the powers of email is the art of the follow-up. It's where a lot of people uh, mess up with email is they either don't follow up enough or they don't have the proper follow-up emails to get someone's attention to resonate them in the right way to, to have that call to action. But So I wanted to highlight that first. In terms of trends, what, we've, what we're seeing is some people say, hey, text messaging or phone calls, that's, that's, that's where the future is going. What people have separated is phone calls equals personal, emails equal business. So emails are not going anywhere. In fact, the number of emails that are sent and replied to every single day continues to go up exponentially every single year. So it's not going anywhere. So that, that's number one in terms of the trends. We can get into more of the nitty gritty of how exactly to write an email, at least from our perspective. But that's the number one trend is email ain't going away. So but it, and it's also a great tool if we can do it effectively.
0: Yeah, it's important. And there's nothing against those other ways to do it. It really depends on who is your customer and who you're trying to reach. If your customers are young influencers that spend their life on TikTok and Instagram and everything else, and that's how they like to communicate, then yeah, you communicate with them in a way that they're comfortable. But in a B2B world, yeah you're 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 definitely going to be looking at email that's going to be the research you're going to fill out the information so someone emails you back something it's it's just one of the tools that we have used and continue to use and I agree with you it's it's not going anywhere and it's you know, it's getting smarter. So uh, you had alluded to it a second ago. It's like, you know, what makes a smart, let's say, cold email? You're, trying, you're reaching out to somebody for the first time. What are some ingredients, uh, without giving away the kernel secret recipe, of course, what are some ingredients that you, you recommend businesses put in there so it at least you know grabs the attention of the person?
1: Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm an open book anyway, too. So like, I, I have no problem sharing every little secret I possibly could with it um cuz the way i look at it is the more the more good emails that are being sent out the less negatively uh people look at my industry and and cold email in general so i i'd rather us have a lot of good email, good cold emails going out versus the opposite um <clears throat> our approach is to be straightforward simple and clear one of my biggest pet peeves with cold email is when people try to throw a gimmick out there or a bait and switch Like, don't be gimmicky. Don't try to like trick me into taking a phone call or a meeting with you. Just be straightforward. And what do do we do to to be straightforward and simple? Subject line is always very simple. It's, hey, here's a shortened version, six to eight words typically of the problem that we solve. In the base of the email, we don't start off with like, you know, hi, so and so. I hope all is well with you and your family. No, that's the most valuable real estate in the email. We get right to it. So in one sentence, what's the purpose of your email? Then in, on another line, in one sentence, what's the problem that you solve? Then on another line, what's the, what's your solution? Then on another line, what's your social proof? Then on another line, what's your call to action? So do you have 15 minutes for a call? It's that simple, that straightforward. So what we have seen is if you can show to your buyer or your potential buyer, the recipient that you Understand who they are, what problem they might they might be facing, and what solution you have to alleviate that problem. That is your way of showing them that you care about them. It's not trying to say, hey, I know the president of your university or I see you're in Seattle, are you a Seahawks fan? It's not about any of that crap. It's about, hey, you have this role. We've seen this problem with people that are in a similar role. Here's our solution. Is that something that you're interested in? Uh, And people
0: love White space. So you have one sentence, there's white space in it. So you don't open up the email and you see this 35 paragraph dissertation Mm -hmm. on whatever they happen to be talking about. Because I see those, I'm like, oh. And our attention span, of course, keeps getting shorter and shorter. That's why you're seeing so much popularity in. YouTube shorts and TikTok, for example, and other things, because our attention span just keeps getting shorter and shorter. But in business, if you're, you're glancing something, especially if you're getting hundreds of emails a day or other inputs from your internal staff and all of that, you, you see the headline, you go, okay, we solve this. That organization goes, hmm, that's a problem we have. And as a sender, if you do some research, you probably know that a particular industry or maybe that even that customer or prospect might have this problem based on what you've seen with you know other customers that are like them. So you get right to the point in the subject line. They go, okay, has my attention. What's this about? They open it up. They see five sentences, basically, that are brief and to the point. Hey, does this make sense for you? And well, yeah. Boom. And away you go. So all of a sudden, you, you've got their attention. You've already set the tone of how you do business. And in the business world, maybe this is just my opinion, but I'm sure you this has been your experience as well. We like doing business with organizations that are going to be, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to solve it. Here's how the process looks. Are you ready to go? Any questions? Get to it. And unless you're a nonprofit, and I used to work in nonprofit, so I can make fun of it. Nonprofit will meeting you to death on things and then tell you they don't have enough money for it. Um, But it's it's just a common complaint I have about nonprofits. They're great, but I have some problems with how they run things too. But another story for another day. But at the end of the day, what it comes down to is you were trying to offer a solution to an organization because that's why your company exists. You have a solution that will help their pain point, which will make them better make their business better, which as a consumer, you and I benefit when businesses are healthier across the board.
1: Absolutely. And it's uh, whether it's email, whether it's a meeting, whether it's a sales opportunity that you have, simplicity always wins. Because as you mentioned, our attention span. So one of the things that, that I've done is a, a pretty good amount of Gen Z presentations on the future of work because of my previous tech startup. And one of the things that we, we share is Gen Zers have the attention span of a goldfish, about eight seconds. And you know, usually people laugh. They're like, oh yeah, Gen Zers, short attention span. Ha ha ha. And I'm like, hate to break it to the rest of us. And I'm a millennial, Gen Xers, boomers, greatest generation for those out there that are part of the greatest generation. We all have a short attention span now. We all do. And we are bombarded with emails, with ads in general, with text messages, with everything. There's so much noise around us. The best companies are able to take maybe a complicated business or a complicated idea or a complicated email and make it seem so simple, clear, and easy to understand. And I see so many smart, really, really smart people, people way smarter than I. But when they send an email, it's like four paragraphs, three sentences in each of these paragraphs. And I'm like, who the hell is ever going to read this? Who is gonna they're not reading this if they're if their if their uh, mother sent this to them, let alone some random Joe from who knows where. So you gotta get to the point and you gotta do it effectively.
0: That's the thing. It's you know, keep keep it short, keep it simple, because then you know, if they have questions, that's when the the dialogue, that's when you get them on the phone or a zoom call or something like that. That's when they can start diving in and you can spend a little bit more time explaining it. But again, you know keep it keep it concise and 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 drive them to you know want to ask questions about some things. But again, understanding you know what their pain points are, so that way you're not coming in there with the cookie cutter PowerPoint presentation, you're going in there with, okay, let's let's have some banter back and forth between the, this prospect and me. Let's find out what they're dealing with, talk to them about it, ask some probing questions that will typically flush out some additional issues that they are dealing with that they may not be fully aware of. And then all of a sudden you say, well, you know what, this, our solution will address X, Y, and Z. All of a sudden, they're going, Oh, wait a minute. Now I've got somebody that can address three or four of my challenges. And all of a sudden, they start, you know, thinking about the future, what that looks like, what that tastes like. And they're like, You're going to be able to solve all these problems for me. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, working together. If these are the issues, yeah. And all of a sudden, they're like, Yeah, okay, I'm in. And you're not even going to get to that point if you bombard them with a, 900-word email that should be a blog post, and it's just not going to work.
1: Exactly. And you're never going to make the sale on email. All you are selling is, am I worth 15 minutes of your time to discuss this value prop? That's all you're selling. So when we're sending emails, they're one of the things we always talk, there always should be a question. There should always be a question. There should almost never be multiple questions. All you want to do is just get it to that next step. And with email, at least for the majority of companies that we work with or for myself, it's, let's set up a phone call. Let's set up a conversation so that we can dive into this deeper. because i one of the things I always talk about is details create confusion, and a confused buyer is never a buyer. So we got to keep things simple. We got to keep things narrow, and all you're selling again is, am I worth 15 minutes of your time?
0: And it's I, I use this analogy a lot when people are trying to you know get prospects to to act. It's like you you don't ask them to marry you on the first message. Yeah, it's like you you don't even know the person. You don't even you don't even know if you can actually. Help them because I think a lot of us in in sales and things like that, we don't necessarily know if we can help that company. Because yes, I mean, while you know your company with email, it's good, it's going to pretty much help everybody, but there might be some clients or prospects that you're not going to be able to help because of a variety of different reasons and the systems they have and the what they do and how they do it doesn't mean. You encounter them, but there's always going to be that opportunity or that chance where you may encounter somebody that, you know, this is actually not going to work. So you you have to go in going, okay, let's get that 15-minute chat so we can actually get a better understanding of what they're trying to do. And then you show them, okay, you know, it's a gap analysis. Okay, they're here. They want to get up here. Okay, you say our solution gets you there. And this is how we do it. But you don't do that in the email because you won't know about that gap yet. Uh, You're sending an email to them. You don't know a whole lot. I mean, you can research the heck out of pretty much anybody anymore. That's not a problem. But you still don't know what's going on in the mind of that area director or that lead of communications that's trying to grow their business. You don't know all the pain points until you get an opportunity to talk to them. So you have to entice them to at least want to talk to you. Then you can find out. But if you go raw in, it's like, yeah, here it is, boom, empty the junk drawer on them. Like you said, you know, confused buyer is not a buyer. I mean, that's something to take home. And I think everybody should write that down in every type of prospecting they do. Don't confuse them, you know, keep it simple. You're better off telling them less and having them ask for more than to give them everything. And then they're just like overwhelmed. Yeah, some people will,
1: will come to us and they'll say, hey, I have this really good deck or white paper or case study. Let's send that in the or video. Let's send that in the first email. And that's a big no-no for a number of reasons. One of the reasons is it increases the likelihood you end up in spam. And if they don't see your email, they're certainly not going to respond to your email and book an appointment with you. But number two, it just takes them down a rabbit hole. Like Even when people ask us, hey, when we're sending emails on behalf of our customers or for ourselves, and we're sending right now over 250,000 emails every single week between our customers and ourselves. And we'll have people that'll sometimes ask for more information or pricing. And there's times where, yes, you need to give it. But for the majority of the time, all we want to do is say, hey, let's get on a phone call so we can explain this in more detail. Because when you send people down a rabbit hole... Number one, it increased the likelihood that they're going to get confused, or they start clicking around on your website, they start seeing other things they forget about, they don't ever come back to you. The less information we can send, the better. And I feel like sometimes we just say, hey, let's send all this stuff out. And in the, the, in the, uh, the least refri- least friction possible, let's get the highest results possible. And that's why we'll send a calendar link in that first email, or that's why we'll send a bunch of information in that first email. But no, we have to do a better job as business leaders, as salespeople, to condense our message in a way that says this is interesting. Let's let's hop, let's hop on a call to discuss this for 15
0: minutes. Absolutely, and I think a lot of people think, well, if I send everything, then that's going to filter out the customers or the prospects that. Wouldn't be the right fit for me, but you're probably blowing away your potential best future customer out of the water. And like, they're not going to do anything with you because A it could go to spam, B, they're looking at it, and it's like, whoa, that's way too much. I don't have time to look at that right now. And guess what? They're never going to have time to look at it, they're not going to allocate that time. Because if you send them a couple sentences, they'll say, all right. And you know, I can probably go through my inbox right now and, and see all kinds of examples of, wow, they're just, pardon the French, verbal diarying in an email. And I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then there's some that are literally, I saw one earlier today come in. Uh, I don't know if they're a client of yours or not. I don't remember who sent it, but it was literally four sentences. And it was like, boom, 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 boom. And a clear, white space, didn't, didn't even have to scroll. To read it. So, if people are looking at the phone, that's another thing to think about, especially with mobile. People have to go scroll, 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 scroll to figure out what the heck you want. Um, They're going to be like, I don't have time for this. So, again, keep it simple. I mean, this is golden advice for people. So, every entrepreneur that's listening to this or watching this right now, if you take anything away from this conversation, do that. You know, keep it simple. So, any any closing thoughts from you? Any ideas? Um, you know, maybe on you know where you see trends going in the future. And I know you already mentioned that email is not going away, but anything you think uh, might you know kind of change the landscape a little bit as far as email is concerned?
1: Yeah. So, so two final thoughts. Number one, just an it, it sounds uh, almost a little silly, but it's really important. Like, think about if we are on the receiving end and somebody sent us a long, bulky email, or they put a case study in there for us to review, How? what are we going to do? We're almost certainly just going to delete or read it and move on, or not even read it, just mark it as read and move on. So just think about when we're in the receiving end, how would? How do we want to respond to emails? What cold emails do we respond to? Because that's most likely what others are going to want as well. So that's number one. Now, in, in terms of trends, like there are so many different ways to leverage cold emails. Like it could be to, to you know get a B2B customer, you reach out to the talent acquisition VP at ATT and you try to set up a phone call at that. It can be to reach out to podcasts uh, like yourself, Michael, say, hey, here's what I'm doing. Could I, are you interested in potentially having a guest like me? You could reach out to influencers to share your message. Maybe your B2C company, you could build that list for. For your location to share opportunities about your furniture company or whatever that might be. So there are so many different ways to leverage cold email. So that's why I say, you might not be a fit to work with us. Every company is not a fit to work with us, but every company has a way to leverage cold email to move the business forward. In fact, how I raised money for my initial startup was through a cold email. How we sold our company for my first tech startup was through cold email. So if you can do it right, there are so many different avenues or verticals to drive your business forward if you know how to leverage it properly.
0: Yeah, there's a colleague of mine that uh, was selling his business, and I was I'm on his email list, so uh, it wasn't a cold email, but maybe he and I didn't talk to him about it, but maybe you know for if he did a cold email campaign to people that weren't on his list, maybe it was something a little bit shorter, but. The one that we got was, you know, rather rather detailed, and I knew a lot of the details. So I'm curious, now, and I think I need to ask him, you know, how things are going, and you know, what did he do as far as cold email? Did he just email his list, or did he, you know, reach out to anybody else that you know wasn't on his list? So I'd be curious to find out, just from personal curiosity type of thing. But no, that uh, this has been absolutely amazing. I'm so thankful that I have had you on the show. So where can people find out more about you and this company and all the work that you're doing?
1: Yeah. Thanks again, Michael. I appreciate you having me on. I love the work that you are doing. So thank you. Uh, My website is eocworks.com. And then on most social media, it's just at Adam I. Rosen, R-O-S-E-N. So I I love to connect and and, uh, learn from any of the listeners and speak with you. So, uh, But thanks again for having me on, Michael.
0: No, I really appreciate you and this amazing work. It's really helping people. And again, it's making emails better, which I think is something that there's a lot of work that's still be done. And thankfully, you're out there doing it. So thanks again for being on the show.